0: everybody, and all the ships at sea, this is your host Mitch Halleck, and you're listening to the Power Cosmic Podcast. Uh, I was just going to trip down someone's memory lane, not mine, but our next guest here, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him, you've read his books, you've read his editorial uh, commentaries over the years, and now he's back, just when you thought he was gone, like a bad penny, he turns up once again. Ladies and gentlemen, wake the neighbors, phone the kids, it's Paul Cooperberg. But he gets mad at me because he says I pronounced his name wrong, right? Here today to talk about a man that you knew quite well, and many of the comic book fans listening will also know the name, when I say Julie Schwartz. But for the few that don't know who I'm talking about, they might think he's up there with Walter Winchell or Winchell Donuts and not have any clue what you're talking about, give us the elevator pitch history Of who Julie Schwartz was and why he was so important to DC Comics. Uh, Julie Schwartz was uh, an editor
1: at DC Comics from 1944 till about 1986, I think, Um, and then went on as an editor at Meredith until his death in 2002. Uh, But Julie was the editor who, in 1956, was given the assignment of Resurrecting the Flash The showcase uh, comics and, uh, therefore helped him the silver age of comics. Um, there are those who have said that Julie is probably one of the greatest editors of the silver age, I would think he wouldn't do great to of well the silver age. Um, uh, we watched, uh, Frans Adam, uh, Justice League of America, Oh, off that as well. He we'll introduced the Adam. Uh, oh, the Adam was another, recruit. sure. Yeah, he's so we little weevil to the 40s now, and then we worked on. Um, and prior to becoming uh, an editor of DC in '44, he had been an agent to science fiction and authors in the 30s and 40s, um, including most of the big names of the time, including Ray Gladbury and others. Uh, and he's partners with Mark white who yeah. also became a uh an editor of DC Comics so um but I worked for uh Julie Kidding the editor of Superman in the early seventies. And uh I uh I wrote Superman for them in the early eighties, um which was kind of like fulfilling a lifelong ambition of writing the greatest character
0: for the greatest uh ever. I got a quick question. Was Mort Weisinger Julie's superior? I thought he worked for him. Was he like the editor in chief, and Julie was under him, or they were equal level? No, they're not equal level. Back
1: in those days, there were very well defined, of, uh, you know, characters. Uh, Mort in the fifties and sixties had, uh, had Superman, um, and uh, you know, uh, Julie starting in '64 had Batman. Um, and they
0: had their separate teams, you know, and, and Murray Bolton off, was off doing his thing, and Canada was doing his war comics and all that, so, yeah, you know, there was, um, everybody was the an editor. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't, I just want, I, I, for more some... More yeah, I was going to say, I was, I was under the impression Mort was like the head chief and Julie was under him, but I guess I was misinformed, but there yeah. you go. All right, well... That brings us to the to topic of today's show, not only the fact that you're here, and we always love having you here on the Power Cosmic, but you got a hold of me because you're involved in some long-lost, well, I don't know long-lost, it happened around the 50th anniversary of Superman, it was a uh, a video, or a film, that, a videotape, uh, and not like a lot of the scandalous videotapes that you might been involved with but this one is something that's near and dear to comic book fans because it's uh, is it a documentary with Julie Schwartz is that what you want to say no. it was uh,
1: it it's a video of Julie giving a, uh, a presentation a slideshow presentation uh, uh, like a powerpoint before there was powerpoint right right uh, uh, let's a slide presentation at a comic convention uh, and uh Tennessee. kind of thing uh, Called, so, uh, 50 years Superman. And it was all about the of Superman and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But somebody who knew like this, um, uh, I've, I've had a copy that had been sitting in the back of, you know, in a box somewhere in the attic for years, and, uh, there's a storage unit. Um, when Julie retired, and was coming out of his office in, in the United No, so this
2: is
1: in the in, 90s when um, uh, 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 mm-hmm. he was in his, uh, uh, uh in of uh, office. mm And he cleaning out, uh, and I was constantly talking stuff out of his uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you can't yeah. go that way, you know, uh, a lot of it, I, I, kind not get into the D C library. uh, you yeah. uh, know, because a lot of it just had his stories yeah. out. mm yeah. cat. Um, and then he had, um, who could uh, transfer it from uh, the VHS tape to the And somebody volunteered, and in fact, uh, I just heard from him uh, uh, moments before this began that he's doing the final rendering on the, on the file and is uploading it to me uh, later today. Um, but um, it turns out that uh, this was, uh, I just kind of so I just started, started asking questions. question. I, I posted about it but uh, you know, kinda finding it what I plan to do with it. And some guy responded, goes, Yes, I shot down at this invention. Oh, really? Well, what did you do it for? Um, eight, eight. And go, No, it was a private thing, like Drew and wanted it done for himself and um uh so he shot it and um and it, it you know, added and stuff and turned it over to Julie, and as far as he knows it's maybe like a three copies of this thing, four copies of this thing in existence. Um so and as far as I've been able to tell so far, that was the only time to regard this presentation. Um uh, so far nobody has come forward saying they saw it at some other show in nineteen seventy eight, celebrating the 50th year. Um and I also did some in the um Heritage Auction, 2005 I think it
0: was, sold off the flying Oh, that district, oh. Along oh. with those index card notes. So, uh, so this would be a perfect companion piece to whoever owns that, or through the magic. Okay. I was gonna say through the magic of modern technology, how are you gonna make this available to folks? Is this something they're gonna be able to purchase or is it gonna be online? Yeah. Um uh it will be online. Um we are starting to talk with Michael Jordan
1: of uh, the most called Basketball. Um and um Basketball's Facebook page mm-hmm. is going to host a world create a water party uh in a state be determined in the next couple of weeks uh, uh, to premiere this uh, video so everybody will be able to watch it online and you will premiere it and then after that I'm going to make sure it gets up on YouTube or or
0: some such place so that it's available and again if folks aren't unfamiliar with some of the people that we're talking about here Michael Urie is a name that you might know because he's also a comic book writer and editor because I also see his name on some John Byrne books from Marvel, and I think it was Marvel in the late 80s, early 90s. I'll see Michael Urie's name on some stuff. Right. I, I, well, I've him from some of his i editor there, and then he was,
1: um, uh picked him down on um, uh, and good guy, I mean, he knows
0: a really good magazine right but he's also associated yeah like you said the magazine is from tomorrow's press they also have digital copies if you can't get any at your local comic store because I know it's to be honest with you it's hard to find some uh back issue on alter ego books because I'll go to my local store and because they're not mass-produced books I don't think there's a lot printed every time and then the other thing is a lot of shops just don't carry them because they're not. I'm gonna say they're not geared toward the younger audience. They're geared towards the, maybe folks like me, fo- mid forties and older that remember the Bronze Age and Silver Age and all that. Yeah. And you know, we we like our comic history. So. It's a
1: small
0: section of comic
1: book market that I like. Yeah. Like our comic history, I write for them. I write for the uh, magazine every now and then. You know, yeah. I've been involved in enough of enough comic books that I I I've actually been able to
0: find my own experience and file for, for a bunch of things. In got the last piece I had was um, a uh, sort of a failed uh, Impact Comics relaunch. Um, I everybody remembers that. No, I was just
1: uh, going to say you caught me off guard there
0: for Impact Comics. Yeah. I'm, what was
1: that project? That was, um, uh, with, uh, like, Archie Comics. There was a fly with Black Hood all those characters. Yeah. And uh, did a line of uh entry level comic. Um uh uh back- oh, about nineteen ninety um uh the Fly by by uh Mike Paraback which is a beautiful
0: book. Uh The Black Hood by uh uh, uh and and I was gonna say the uh, late great Mike Paraback, correct? Yeah. 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 He I remember him doing um you remember, you remember the, the Warner Brothers stores. I was going to say he did... Uh, was it Shazam or some Batman book that was like... You, it was like a magazine that you could only get at the Warner stores. you remember that? It was like the Batman animated and Superman animated.
1: It was, it was called uh, uh, Batman and Superman. Yeah, it was... Um, it was done for a wealth publishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was edited by, was edited by Charlie Kaufman. Um And, yeah, uh, no, I, I, uh, it was that would focus on a different pieces of the hero right, right. and um and you often get the covers of
0: and the comic strips inside. Uh, I don't think they've ever collected those again because I, I don't remember uh, other than getting them at the Warner stores I never saw them at a comic shop I don't think those have been reprinted yeah. that's a no, shame like, the book, that in yeah um I did one for uh, uh I did a
1: whole thing to it which is very by so I thought uh, you um that was a nice negative, but that was a wonderful artist, well, wonderful cooking. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and was, was really, uh, it, it was really, it was, it was just a, a beautiful entity, you know, but, um, uh, so those lasted about, you know, we were under two years, and then there was an attempt to at do a relaunch, mm-hmm. um, which um, couldn't quite ever get off the ground, but I had copies of, Pencils and scripts oh. and, and, and
0: memos and all that stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so there was, like, a published paper on that but I do oh. why. That's cool. Uh, well, we, we... I want to write a book about this videotape as well. I was going to say, we, we let's go digress here. We'll go back to what we were initially talking about, which was the videotape. How long is this, about roughly an hour or so? I think it's about an hour. Um, okay. I have... Or to, uh, I don't think I watched it when I first got it. And the quality's pretty. The quality's pretty good for being a thirty-something-year-old video. It's, it's oh, okay. um,
1: um, my understanding
0: was it was originally Beta, uh, and then and transferred to VHS. Well, if I remember, Beta actually had a better quality of uh, image in VHS, so that's a good thing. They were just
1: bulkier, that's all. The, the, con- yeah. the contraptions that used to do it. Now... Well, Because they
0: no more information. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing is, so when this was done, how many people were in the audience? So we're talking maybe only a couple hundred people maybe have seen this, or were there? Oh, I... 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 I, I was... Oh, 50? Uh, okay. Fifty? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not on the That's circuit, true. yeah, I was going to say, it's not, In yeah, yeah, it's called the Trattacon, it's, it's, it's cold, to, still running, yeah, um, uh, uh, but, um, but it, was, it wasn't one of those San Diego 200,000 attended no. events, so okay, yeah. so this is cool. No, I, I'm sure, I'm
1: sure i fewer than a hundred people have ever seen this, it's that many.
0: Well, oh, that's really cool. Now, you know what? It's funny because you mentioned Tomorrow's Press. You can talk about this videotape and you talk about the impact books. And as a historian, well, we call somebody historian when they're around for a long time and they remember a lot of stuff. So good luck with that. Guy. Yeah. And you're an old guy. I'm trying to be politically correct. You have many years of experience, Paul, that we were going to say. And just recently, I'll get topical here. Uh, Yesterday was on across all the newswire that AT&T, the new owners of DC Comics, did massive layoffs. Uh, roughly about 600 people were let go. Now, I know you might not know any of them directly, but this is kind of like the implosion that you were you were on the front lines in the late 70s, correct? At DC when the last time they did? Now, what was that like? Was that a mass layoff as well? That was, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. Uh,
1: my job was on the news. I was on there at the time. I was a uh, public relations guy. Yeah. And, um, um, the, um, you yeah. know. in fact, I, I'm happy to have uh, direct to the direct which was the him. Newsletter. Newsletter. Yeah, I remember that. Paper. Yeah. Um, and, um, I happen to have the one the that announces, uh, the they the I mean I'll call it that so, no 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 yeah it essentially being said I mean we're listening to that I'm doing inefficient so we're splashing
0: all these books um uh, oh so they spun it to look like we're so good we don't need all these extra people well I uh, didn't talk about the
1: people that got laid off back in 1978 uh, and, uh, fans were kind of, you know, on a very different level. uh, they they, they they
0: didn't, they don't just want to be, as people are going to be, um, a of the business. Yeah, yeah, you know, their the inner workings, they didn't know how the sausage was made, because, yeah. that's, uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. And they didn't know how yeah. the yeah. right. number of posts because, that's, yeah. well, this we is Oh yeah, everyone's everyone's an armchair expert on this stuff. I'm like Yeah, it's like oh I worked it, I bought a ticket to a movie so I know how Hollywood works. I what yeah, okay. But the one is that um that mural that was in the lock in the PC thirteen
1: hundred uh and that was originally um the poster, the pullout from the uh hard covered uh. You know, a at the yeah, made a reference by a hundred different
0: creators. Yep. And uh, originally, uh, uh the Incredibles. Yeah, as like as soon as you said it, that's the first thing that popped into my mind. I'm yes. We saw, like, yes. Right. You know. Right. Stereotypical anti-war thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And um, in fact, I have. So right after the, the, the it went out to the lobby right there on the you know. So, um, um, I looked at it and I said, that doesn't look right to me. ran yeah. up there to, to Paul Levitt. and said, Did you take a look? And he kind of went pale. Uh, which was good because, you know, Chop Chop certainly wasn't. Right. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, but somebody was posting about that. Yeah. And, their whole thing was like, dude, can you imagine what it must have taken to track all those guys down and get them to, you know, you're going to go, but, you know, dude, they, they, they get paychecks in the world of these people. What's going to roll with that? Yeah, know. it wasn't that hard, yeah. <laughs> right, and, and, no, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're going to go to the crowd. to draw a character. Yeah. You know, on deadline. Yeah. That's what they're going to do to the crowd 20 years on that there's no clue.
0: They just imagine this kind of, you know. I don't know what Well, you know, you know what the weird thing about that is: nobody ever calls anybody on stuff and says, "Oh, were you there?" And then that would be that awkward no, yeah. moment, and they'd say, "Well, no, I wasn't." I'm the asshole with that. Oh, you do? No. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I you know. I, I, I've, I've seen things and been involved with some things that people tell me how history really happened, even though they weren't there or weren't privy to the people and the parties involved. And I go, that's not what happened. And they're like, well, yeah, that's what I heard. I go, well, I'll tell you from, you know, firsthand experience, this is what happened. And what you were told is just a bunch of fabrications or secondhand information. So don't be telling me that stuff. So that's why to bring it full circle, having you go out there and dig up this, uh, past history of DC and, re-educate people and things so everything old is what is everything old is new again or everything new is old again so this whole implosion this implosion that's rocking the the comic world as we speak and i see thousands of posts about you know thoughts and prayers with all the people that laid off i go you do know this has happened before you know not not to make light of anybody losing their job but it seems cyclical like there's a downward trend in the business, whether it's due to COVID or just the way the industry is evolving at the moment. And they're a corporate entity, and AT&T's got a bunch of bean counters, and they just looked down and said, "Okay, where can we cut corners and save some money? Let's get rid of these guys." That's kind of what happened, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and, and when I see that, you know, this guy was going off, uh, but that guy is still there. But- that laid off, has been there five years longer than that guy, he stayed, therefore, he's making less money. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, that's the guy that's pooped. Yeah, I, I don't, you know. Of course, there's
0: one guy in there that I
1: saw his name, and I went, finally. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, comic books isn't like a of player. No. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. You, it's you a lux- You it's don't need it, and, you know, if they're out of your the usual, you know, Wonder Bread at the supermarket, then you'll buy a roll of free hoppers and you're fine. Mm-hmm. You know? mm mm-hmm. comic um, Comics are like that. Comics are very personal. People take it personally. You know, there's a lot of political angst in comics
0: these days. Yeah, I see that. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and
1: And it's just kind of, you know, it's just a reflection of the times. you got a lot of frightened
0: people who are missing out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, but you think that's what it do you, honestly do you think that's what it is because I, I I was just reading some old you know you, this is the Marvel stuff but you weren't reading it probably but Morbius the living vampire I got a trade of all these old huh. books from the 70s and Don McGregor does the introduction to it and I'm just you know reading the stories to pass time because it's just a hobby really and the thing of it is I didn't know. Don McGregor's politics. I didn't know Jerry Conway's politics. I didn't know Roy Thomas. I didn't really, I don't say, I don't want to be callous and say I didn't really care. But at the time these were coming out in the seventies, I was probably like eight years old to 10 or 11. I was just reading stories because it was something to do because we didn't have the internet. It was just a time killer, you know, something to pass the time while there was nothing to do on a rainy day. So now through the magic of the information age, I could tell you, you could tell me what you had for breakfast and how cooked it was or burnt or whatever and I don't really need to know all that stuff, but everyone seems to have this desire to tell everybody what they're thinking every moment of the day and it just causes conflict and fights and arguments on the internet and they get, well, you know, everything's drawn into stuff. I'm like, do we need to know all this stuff? Really? To enjoy a book? it's, it's kind of self-perpetuating being like
1: isolate yourself on the internet to to be on
2: the
1: internet yeah and then you feel isolated so then you start screwing your life onto the internet so you know your, your whole life is played out on Facebook or on Twitter yeah because you're locked in this room that's all
0: you're doing yeah yeah that's it's a weird world it's not living really it's yeah.
1: it's a yeah, fantasy world right. I I you know, I am active on, on social media right. but and you should certainly divine my politics for my post. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a rational human being and yeah. shit about other people. Yeah. Um so right there I'm labelled. Um but you no, know, I bet you
0: couldn't tell me a lot about my personal life. But they're getting it. Not to be rude to you, but does anyone really need to know what Paul does on his <laughs> spirit? That's what I'm like. I'm like, I don't get it. It's 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 kind of like. Besides that, besides that, I don't need to tell you something about myself I only to be told three or later that I'm wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, it's you know. it's really it's really weird. I remember years ago when they had a lot of the talk shows, and you had. Um, all of those shows I can't remember Dina Shore, and Merv Griffin and all the, remember all that stuff? But those were all fluff. Those were like, you know, they'd come on, they'd do a little joke with Johnny Carson, they talk about the latest movie they come out with, and that was it. They just kind of go off. And I really didn't know what Dean Martin was doing when he got home, or I really didn't care. But um, I don't know, somewhere it evolved to the point, like you said, that everybody needs to know everyone's business and then they don't like it when they find out that the person that they watch or read or go to a movie or listen to a record doesn't agree 100% with their view of the world, so suddenly they have these blowouts and you're no good and, you know, everything that you've done is yeah, worthless. It's, it's, it's John,
1: John Byrne called, uh, called it the red sweater uh, syndrome. What's that mean? You go, online, you go online and you say, I don't like red sweaters. I don't wear sweater. Okay. And so... And then, the time. People respond, "What's wrong with red sweaters? I wear red sweaters. Is
0: there something wrong with me? Because I wear red sweaters." Fuck well, no. You think I'm, you know? Yeah. That. That's how it feels. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, anyway. anyway. We digress. You know, I'm sitting here in my basement talking to you right now, which is kind of the home office. And uh, you were talking about Superman and how you worked on Superman. And again, I just looked down at my desk. Did you ever hear? You probably did because I heard it too. The radio show of Superman from 1946 where he battled um, a pseudo-Clan-type group called the the Fiery Cross. Do you remember that? now I was going to say, they just reprinted it in a comic book form. DC adapted it with new artwork and they made graphic novel. It, it was episodes of the radio show. Yeah, it was episodes of the radio show. Yeah, yeah, so they just did that. Do you think... Back in the day, and I know you don't know because you weren't there. You were just a kid. In '46. were you even born yet? No. Okay, but I'm saying, how did that ever get by? Because we talk about the political climate that we live in now, I'm amazed that such a poignant story that has some hard-hitting facts flew in 1946 or whenever when this radio show. I mean, that's pretty heavy stuff for... Fluff. I mean, do you know anything about that one? You're a Superman guy. I, I, I really don't know how it came about.
1: As I recall, there was. Told, it was it, it, I think there was some request from some, um, you know, Justice Department, or I don't know, some oh. official. Okay. You know, somebody said, you know,
0: this is a. But I, I honestly don't remember the, the backstory. I mean, I've heard yeah. the. Episodes. Yeah, no, I have yeah. too. Yeah, it was pretty hard-hitting for well, a time. It was hard-hitting, and it was surprised, but, you know, um,
1: people tend to forget that
0: Superman, you know, was at his birth with social justice. Yeah, and he was an immigrant, yeah. too, so. Yeah, he was an immigrant, yeah. Um, you know, uh, and,
1: um, you know, that got to deleted very quickly, you know, once it got popular, it, it, kind, of, it kind of cleared away from, it. you know, picking up on white people's kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and the origin of, yeah. Yeah, and they, you know, made the story bigger and more, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I'm not surprised, I mean, you know, they has been people intentionally off into serious power in every Yeah. Um, you know, they has been they dealt with World War II and Superman. Right. Why isn't right. Superman over there cleaning up the, the other side, you know? Um, so it's kind of, you know, it's kind of lip to
0: the idea because the answer is really, you know, there's no answer. Yeah, yeah, he could have finished World War II in an afternoon and got an ice cream cone on the way home, yeah. Right,
1: right. I mean, you know, Roy, uh, Thomas later kind of ginned up a, a yeah. Uh, and it's just the society about the spirit of destiny. Right. Of the, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, uh, that Hitler and
0: Kojo had spirit destiny the, yeah. Uh, oh, I should know that was not using
1: that
0: No, it was like magic that they made, like a barrier yeah. that Superman couldn't go right. through.
1: Yeah. Right. If, if now
0: they would to the other side, so they had to stay the Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So it's a comic book. It's a comic book. Well, here's the thing. For you. Do you think nowadays, I don't know how old the... Because you're the one, years ago, you told me, years ago, about the magic age for a reader of comic books. I think you told me it was around 11 or 12. I said the golden age of comics is 11 years old. 11 years old. So that means there's a magical time in your life when you're just leaving your innocent youth behind and you're about to become a cynical young teen and the world is open to you. There's all these possibilities. And that's when most people get into comic books and discover the rich imagination and the worlds and all the possibilities. That's the sweet spot. Do you think nowadays that the modern 11-year-old is too mature for such a time, or is it not even a possibility anymore to fall in love uh, with comics? I, I it's, it's a possibility. It
1: happens. You know, I keep the conventions all the time. Um, you know, they're coming in. I, I don't know if they're about, you know, still being in uh, the house. You know, when they move out of the house. I guess they'll walk around, go, hey, check this out. But um, I, I suspect that, uh, 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 and, you know, back when I was 11, it was 1966. Here was my choice of entertainment. Go to right. a movie, listen to the radio, right. watch TV, read something, go outside. You well, know, <laughs> that was going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, that was it. That was it. Uh, and there was, you know, it, 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 all of those things were solitary. Yeah. You, know, you got to movies and sit do down to hang out. But nowadays, you know, there's no time. I, I don't have time to read comic books. I'm online. I'm playing, you know, the Warcraft. I'm doing yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, and, and it's also, it's, it's kind of broken up the structure of the family. Uh, you know, um, uh, when, when I was growing up, mm. I watched well, my parents watched yeah. because there was one TV there was one TV. TV yeah, yeah I heard mean. I recently was thinking about know, all uh, the movies no, no and I so, thought well, I don't know what happened all these Westerns that i never watched I, I guess I didn't like Westerns when I was growing up uh, and I went no my parents didn't like Westerns so I never watched them right. so I was never really exposed to them you know um, and, but I knew you know, I knew what was out there. I knew, I, you know, my parents and I shared the same popular culture. And frankly, I got to learn their popular culture because, you know, I was watching the Get Bowman show for the comedians for the Beatles or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, in, uh, along the way, I got exposed to the Bolshevik ballet and to, um, and to the comedians of the 1930s and 40s. And, right. You know, the singers of So. Now, and now I look at that, everybody has their own device. Everybody everybody goes off to a separate room, and they're all doing their own thing.
0: Yeah. So,
1: it's...
0: You are not today, huh? Yeah, no. I, I, there's a to me. There's like a sadness because I just you know you think back at all the things that you grew up with. I hear you about the TV shows. I go, my kids don't know all about Happy Days or MASH or all that stuff that I grew up. They they know of a little bit. So they'll hear me say, "Oh, well, Fonzie did this and Hawkeye Pierce did that," and they'll be like, "What the hell is he talking about?" But. I didn't know Fibber McGee and Molly and, you know, Amos and Andy, all the stuff all my right. folks watched or listened to yeah. because that was not part of my world, you know? It doesn't mean it's... And yeah. You don't know, you don't know the stuff you think about. No, I do not.
1: No, I do not. Yeah, you can say to them, you mean need to tell me, you don't know, who? you know, what the answer was, and you
0: you know, and they'll know. Oh, yeah, I had no idea. You know, they would tell me these these shows that they would watch on the Disney Channel, and I can't remember The Two Twin Boys, uh, so, oh, The Sweet Life of Cody and Zach, or something. I don't even remember. Like that. Yeah, but that, they, they, that, that was their happy days. They were all into it, and they'd laugh about it and tell me, like, yeah, okay, so. Yeah, we can look it, but good yeah, but yeah. Fuck up. Yeah. What, do <laughs> what do we know? We're sitting here talking on a beautiful day about comic books that came around 50, 60 years ago. But, but that's cool. <laughs> 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 yeah, we like that. I've and
1: then where... You have to like what everybody else likes, otherwise what's wrong with you? Exactly. You know, it's the people say, you know, I'll fix it to my life, and they'll go, oh man, I'm sorry, and listen, don't be sorry, you're not like what I like. You know, I don't care, my enjoyment is in no way affected by whether you enjoy it or whether you hate it. Right. I don't care. No, Well, I'm not out to your approval, I'm out to enjoy myself.
0: Well, but but getting back to when I was talking about the radio drama and stuff, I was trying to think, is there a way now to introduce younger audiences to morality or just, you know, what's right and wrong, ethical? Because I got to be honest with you, I grew up with Catholic school, but I think I learned most of my, my moral caliber from comic books, you know, what was right, what was wrong, because what would Superman do? Forget what Jesus would do. What would Superman do in this moment? What would Batman do? What would uh, Captain America do or Spider-Man? I mean, it's kind of crazy, but, you know, sometimes your mom and dad, my mom and dad were working all the time. There wasn't anybody at home, like a mentor saying, do this, do that. So you would fall back into the comic books and kind of find out what they were doing. But, but do you think that it's still a good tool? I mean, to you're a writer. Do you think you could still write a a morality play and set it in a you know an animated or a cartoon or a comic book and some kid some kid can read that and go, Wow, this is really a different way of looking at the world. Uh, I, I I hope that, you
1: know when I'm doing that that stuff, yeah. what I am doing, you know, we, I, a, I did a panel for a, uh a virtual convention the other day. Um uh I agree with about write its for you and what we do and you know the question was like well you know do you know know what the message of the story is before you start (laughs) it? in fact I never start out to write a message to to, 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 you know send a message in my story unless of course I specifically you know
0: why is that do you think it it, does it become too heavy handed when you set out to do that you just absolutely yeah. I yeah. did a did a, a
1: mother's, a driving story, so that, for Archie, for So, you know, you can could take a story, slap you into what you're going to fucking drink to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what else is it gonna be? You know, you can't, you can't settle that. No, yeah. But, you know, I got to say, uh could tell just over her a uh, message per se. Right. But you no, know, they come. You now they, they come out there and, and you know, they they evolve in a story and frankly no matter what I intend to put in the story, yeah the reader is gonna take from it what they want. Right. Baseline. Have you ever had people have come to me constantly saying, I don't know the way you did that but they're, they're put that in there and make that fit don't
0: get like right. No. Have you? I was going to say. Have you ever? Well, you just kind of answered. It. I was going to ask if you ever had somebody come up to you in all the years you've done conventions and signings and such, and say, "Oh, Mister Paul, you were the greatest because I, you know, read a, a line of dialogue that you did, or a story, or an issue, or whatever it was, and that really got to me on a certain level. I mean, I know you don't set out to do that." But ha- have you ever had somebody say that to you and wh- how has it affected you? Like, do you, do something you wrote really made a difference in someone's life. I've had people tell me that they read a story of mine
1: at, their, or whatever the story was at, at a particular time in their life, a couple of time, and because they get through it, one person said, you know, that story saved my life. Um, I don't know if that's true and you can only feel humbled by that. You know, there's really... Like, you know, crap, I'm, I'm you know, I'm like this silly Appalachian story. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and, and it's a your life. Well, shit, I'm so happy I was there. You
2: know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was just,
1: you know, a couple, months like, earlier this year, there was uh, somebody in, in my, business, you know, overdose in my building. Yeah, I remember you telling there me that, yeah. And, and it was just like, you know, you, you, you know, the, uh, I, I found him and I called uh, the paramedics. He was okay you know, yeah. and, and and um, but you know you look at that and you, you want to be angry and you want to be you know, uh, but all I was was like sad and kind of humble. Yeah. You know, uh, I and mean, it's like uh, you know I'm not thinking. Any, you know, it's just I, I just happen to be the right place at the right time. Right, and, right. and frankly, I had to somebody on the phone going, no, please just go down and check. Yeah. You. Yeah. Um. So, no. But it's kind of like I was just there. Yeah. You know, I I didn't really do anything. But still, somebody is still breathing today because I was there. Yeah. Well, okay. You know, I will take that every
0: day. Was there ever a book that you read by an author or one particular story? A movie or something that affected you that you w- wish you got a chance to say something to the uh, the uh writer and say, wow, that really changed my life? Uh, I don't know if i if ever had
1: kind of a, a life experience. Um, some a book or a movie, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of like, I've always been too much of a cynic to buy into that people into my Um... But, um, you know, I have read many things that have affected me. And I have been lucky to actually
0: meet a few with the people and, you know, and say something about it. Um, you know, I always do. Or were you inspired by somebody that made you want to become a writer as a kid? I I guess so. I I
1: know their name. No, it
0: could. There was no credit for comic books, you know. Yeah. Oh, so uh, well, it didn't have to be comic books. I was thinking there might have been, you know, other forms of, you know, literature or whatever. It didn't have to be a, a comic book per se. That you said, wow, I want to do this when I grow up. This is a this is a cool job. <laughs>
1: I, I, I don't remember not one so I can't really, like, I never had that epiphany. Um, it was just always, um, I was always drawing and scribbling and writing things down, and, Mm -hmm. I know, I have, have, you know, comic books, uh, that I drew on, line, uh, notebook paper, from when I'm, you know, from when I'm seven, eight years old. Yeah. So, you know, I was born into a household where there's, to be comics all around, my uncle is uh, ten years older than me, he was next door. Um, so you know. I was five, fifteen. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting older as well. Yeah. Um and my my brother, my older brother, a couple years older than me, was reading comics already. Yeah. Um, and he was a precocious reader so there was plenty around, you know. that I picked up on. So it was just always there and I saw uh I do remember seeing the first time I saw uh, a Superman in 1940s, a Superman
0: cartoons uh, on TV, and that kind of like blew my mind. Yeah. And I was followed not long after by going into the candy store around the corner and seeing that same character. Yeah, you know, on the cover of the comic book, but in color. Did, did you see the Kirk? Did you see the Kirk Allen show, the series uh, serial, or the George Reeves show? Did you watch that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah? the, 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 the Superman movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see the Kirk Allen stuff so much later. Um, but, uh, uh, but the third original was, was, uh, that was it. You know, the reruns. He had the, the after school. Yeah, yeah, Channel 11. Channel 11 reruns. Yep. Just like. Yep. That was it. How much?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Did you ever watch the first season when they were more serious in tone? They were like black and white murder mysteries. Like Jimmy Olsen was on an island with a lighthouse keeper, and there was a ghost. It was really not your typical Superman story. It was more like a, a radio murder mystery, like The Shadow or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the, I love the color it. ones, you know, the ones that got earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, aren't they? No, because I, really? yeah, I was going to say, I we watched those on the DC Universe app. I was like, wow, these are some pretty serious stories. I mean, murder and, you know, you know uh-huh. I, well, there was one where he takes this couple that was trying to double-cross him, and he leaves them, I think, up in the Arctic or something. I go, did Superman <laughs> just leave? Yeah, like, did he just leave those people to f- freeze to death? No, 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 no
1: the there's a here, you'll be plenty free, I'll probably be surprised, but until I figure out what to do with you, because you know my like, super identity. Yeah, I'm gonna you up there. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like but, uh, you know, it's like, but comic books don't do that today. Yeah. At the start of the flash. And there's how military and
0: Ukrainian people in they're super Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, yeah, I never understood that on that new flash show. They have all these prison cells with all these criminals. I go, who's paying, do these people have, have they, were they, were they Miranda rights? Do they have, I mean, you just lock them up. I don't think you can do, like, Guantanamo Bay in Central City, Don't you
1: No,
0: know? voted on those shows. Okay, okay. Um, but, uh, no, and
1: then they start to quiet down to a joke. Yeah, yeah. And that's when
0: they sell. And then, in fact, so they're doing, yeah. The well, that'll do, yeah, it's not something you wear on a Mount Everest climb, it's not like a uh, Captain Marvel serial where he's taking the guys and throwing them off the roofs. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were tough back then, they were tough. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I was just just curious about that stuff. Alright, so the Julie Swartz, you're gonna have a viewing party, uh, do you have a date all set for this? Is this gonna be online? We
1: have not, um, you know, because
0: of the various
1: issues <laughs> including the weather. You know, because our mic is down in the Carolinas where they get hit every single time. Yeah. plus some deadlines. We're going to work it out, but it'll probably be, it's going to be this month. Okay. people can check it out on my Facebook page, uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter page. And Back Issue uh, too. They can check that. And Back Issue, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll put a big thing
0: on my wholeCumberbird.com. Yeah. Uh, and, and well, the of announcing it, so um, yeah, we'll get the word out there. Well, how do you, uh, how are you coping with staying home for the last six months through all this? good. <laughs> I, I said the same thing to my wife. I go, I don't want to say anything, but I've been doing this since I was a kid. You know, not going, not going out, reading books, being kind of anti-social. I'm like, I, I call that, I call that Tuesday. You know. Yeah. Mm. Where would I go? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I miss the conventions because one, that's my source of income. But I do. I like we talked before. I love how Facebook has to keep throwing in my face. Hey, remember this last year when you had a, a full time job and you were having thousands of people show up? I'm like, yeah, I know. Thank you. Thanks for telling me about that. Yeah. I'm going to try to do a virtual
1: village <laughs> Oh. In, you know, in honor of a terrific job you know, like, so I'll, I'll show up my books and stuff But we got posted So
0: it's like you're actually there Yeah, no, I think I, I think uh, I'll we'll charge a book I think John Suntress, I talked to him on Sunday I think you're involved in some kind of panel With something yeah. called Mainframe Con It's you, Ordway Is it Paul Levitz? Elliot Magin, no. Ordway,
1: Maggin Stern? Uh I don't Stern I don't think it's Stern
0: Marvel? It's, it's something about okay. the, the 50 years of writing Superman or something like yeah, that? It's, yeah, it's
1: It's the Superman writers, although, When you break it down, it's going to actually be 50 years because, you know, Ellie Witten right. uh, and stuff were. Like,
0: yeah, that's the uh, 70s. It was the early 70s. Yeah. Oh. So, that, but that's going <laughs> to. But where is that going to be? On, on on the Word Balloon podcast? Or is that online? Do you know where that's going to be? Dot-com, really. .com, maybe? I don't know. I, I know John, John mentioned you to me. He's like, oh, I'm talking to Paul this week, too. And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, yeah. we're, we're doing something next weekend. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, first I heard of it. Their, their website is Okay, well hopefully they'll have it recorded and if you miss it this weekend, you can go on YouTube or something and watch it. Or whatever. So. But, it's, uh, it's something
1: interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever sat down with... Oh, on. It's, uh, panel. There you go. And uh, this was at 2.30 on Saturday. Um, Brad Jurgens, Jurgens. Mavis, right. yeah. And Jorgens. Jorgens. That's it. Right. And I was myself. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it
0: says 2 o'clock on the schedule, but it's actually 2.30. Eastern time? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. And it's on their and website, Andrews, That's like a mask one. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I mean, they did this San Diego Comic-Con at home like two weeks ago. It was kind of, no offense to the organizers, it wasn't well organized because I don't know what was going on. I'm like, wait, 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 wait when am I supposed to watch something? Where, where is it now? And, you know, I felt like every bit of my 54 years trying to figure out how to work a remote control to get the TV to come on. I'm like, huh? What's happening? Exactly. Probably dad. How many times? up the I was gonna say, how many times do you have to reset the twelve o'clock blinking on it? Will you just leave the thing alone and stop touching it? <laughs> but I wanna watch the Golden Girls. Yes. Yeah. I'm oh. oh, it's almost time here. I know, it's almost time for Wapner. Right, yeah. after thytosis, I don't it right in between it. And if there was Matlock on, your head might explode. Oh. <laughs> He was was no Raymond Burr, by the way. By the way, did you know Raymond Burr read everything off a teleprompter? I'm amazed by that. Like, he never studied his lines. He was just, like, off-camera. They had a teleprompter, and he was just reading stuff like a newscaster. I'm like, whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. And then, go home. And then yeah. it, they'd work around it. Yeah, they'd go put the fillers in, and then, let's go talk to Pop. And they'd cut to that. Yeah. Hey, man. He was the highest paid uh, actor one year. I think I read he made $480,000 a year. He was, like, the big deal back in the day. Fred McMurray. What do you call I don't know. wasn't he the wasn't he the model for um, Captain Marvel as well, Fred McMurray? No, <laughs> no, He was the deal. <laughs> <And> he was <looks, laughs> a great movie diagnosis. Diagnosis movie, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, wasn't he in oh, Gas? Ga- no, wasn't he in Gaslight? Isn't that him? Where he's trying to drive his no. Barbara Stanwyck crazy? No. That's, um,
1: that's, uh, what's the name? Uh, the guy from Casablanca. Humphrey Bogart? No. Uh, P- oh. Peter Lorre? Uh, yeah, no, it's a good one. Oh, okay, okay. No, there's a guy who plays in the uh, room. Oh, Paul Hydridge? Yes. No. Yeah.
0: We put, uh, put, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> you're talking about the, 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 the police cop. That's um, the Invisible Man guy.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Claude Rains. Claude Rains, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's sad that I know all this. That's what happens. Well, whatever. Well, anyway, it's been a pleasure and a delight to talk to you. As always, I do miss seeing you at the diner with the floppy pickles and the uh, w- and the watery coleslaw, but you know, those days will come again.
1: Well, one day back uh, and, and then I was, was thinking the you because you know, then would have been uh, and,
0: and you know, I was, I was going to the second one. I was there for the helicopter. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was I was part of that. I didn't produce that one, but I was the uh, PR guy on that show. And then the following year, uh, here in Trumbull, Connecticut in 2012 is when yours truly started producing shows. And you I think you brought Michael Jan Friedman that year, or maybe that was the following year. Yeah. yeah. and then uh, we had uh, Peter David and um, uh, Bob Greenberger was there and somebody else from Crazy 8. I can't think of who. Oh, sure. Who? Uh, yeah, good. glad to have yeah, that was it. Yeah, because you had the whole crew set up doing Crazy Eight books. Crazy Eight Press, I believe. Yes, back in the day. And then we went on to Bridgeport, and then we went on to the Mohegan Sun, and the rest is history. Is this? No, no, that's true, too. <laughs> to be continued. That's what I'm saying. So we'll see. Next year, set your calendar now. It's less than a year away, hopefully July 30th to August 1st. 2021 20, we'll all be together again yeah we'll all be holding hands having donuts over at the uh, the winchell Do- no the crispy creams there look at you cackling away like a crazy man nice to know that isolation hasn't affected your sense of humor no oh, not at all well, my little you're scaring me now all right, Paul, have you got any words of wisdom for the folks listening at home? Um, uh, I think the word of do is that all I think is the most famous guide writing Right? I think that would be very one. That's right, that just reminded me. Yeah, that was the last time you and I were together back in March when all this started. We were at that diner in Southport, and. Oh. Yeah. If you didn't suffer enough, you poor me. That's right. Yeah. The, food the food was good. The floppy pickles, and yeah. I think I had the pastrami. Yeah, it was good. That's, that's, that's a, that's a dugout. Westport, Connecticut. I said it was Southport. No, it's, it's one of those ports. Not Bridgeport, think, though. That's another stuff. You do know who lives there now, right? What? No, Southport. Br- uh, Bradley Cooper and Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, they all moved in to, um, oh, wow. yeah, because Connecticut's COVID-free state, so everybody and their brothers come to Connecticut. Just drive down the road, you'll see all these out-of-state plates. It's really interesting, lately. Really. Oh, is
1: that that back road over the
0: water there? Yeah, over uh, near yeah. the Pequot Country Club, the golf yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, 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 that's where they all are. That's I used to live over there. Yeah, right near where Don Imus used to live and um the GE guy, Jack Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. Sasco Hill Road. Yeah, over she used to be on uh, Turkey Hill Road. Westport. Westport. So, Yeah, right down the street. Yeah, right down the street from the gas station, which I always thought was hysterical. Like there's the Route One with the gas station and the Blockbuster and all that stuff, and then you go right off the side street and you're in Martha Stewart land. Anyway, we digress. It's been an hour, so I'm gonna say I'm wrapping this up. They go check everything out, get the Julie Schwartz, uh, watch that thing, get Paul's books about how to write comics.
1: Comics. Yep. And you can also check out myself at the Christmas Press. And at uh slash Tolton Comic. Yeah. Uh, HTML. Um and again. Uh, and some and, ba- and some cool. back and back issue magazines too, right? And back issue.
0: Well I guess I will mean, uh, And uh, uh, yeah. your Doom Patrol, Omnibus, uh, whatever they call that big-ass collection, just came out, uh, I think like three months ago, or something, the big-
1: Yeah, yeah
0: well, it's a than that. Was it
1: that one? Yeah, it Doom Patrol, i all my, all my hands.
0: Everybody else. Yeah, that's a big deal again. That shows on the, the uh, DC or HBO Max or whatever it's called now. I, I saw it. The Doom Patrol. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. just
0: I heard. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And you might not know this, you, you did some work on a book called Underworld that's being uh, published in the coming months. A big collection. I heard your name mentioned. Yeah, I think, um. It was an apocalypse. Yeah, an uh, apocalypse, and they gathered all the stories up, and I guess you did some. Oh. They, they didn't tell you this? No, I,
1: I you know, I see it, and then they don't send anybody. Oh, okay, well, it's, com- okay. it's coming out in and October. I knew about, about the stupid thing, because I was, you know, I wrote an intro, and I was supplying a lot of the, uh, extra material, uh, the so yeah, I'm the best day yet. Yeah. So a, a crazy of the film. Yes, we they did, did Yes. Yeah. Uh, 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 that, uh, that never prepared. I saw it over Oldway's house, he had a copy of it. They sent him one for some reason. Oh, um, anyway, I have something in it. Yes. A, uh, yes. There you go. When are they going to oh, put, nice. when are they going to put that vigilante book together? Yeah, I wish they would. Right? Those I I think those going told up. I because I don't no, I do want everything it yeah. so I wrote to be printed because it means money. Yeah. But but on another level, I don't necessarily need a lot of the stuff I wrote to ever be read by anybody again. Um uh, but I think uh Metrolampia is one of those things that hey, don't, I don't laugh that, that superpower would like to see collected. Superpowers got reprinted a couple months ago. Oh yeah, sure? Yeah. Yeah, that Jack Kirby that's thing. That's, Yeah. yeah. That was more
0: about Scott than it was about me I know, but still, you worked on those stories too and it was the kids' notes for the toy line And I think They're putting together that He-Man stuff again Don't quote me, but I think DC's gonna repackage that And you did a lot of that too, right? Well, I think, Um, apparently just a
1: few more comics before I think the toys were even out Yeah, so I think that's coming out soon, I heard Cool okay, you're all right over the place I'm happy to be split together. I hope I have my answer. Yeah. To send you the check. To send you the check. Right. Now,
0: I'm going to wrap it up. Everybody, thank you for listening to Paul's uh, comments and rants. And remember, the man is a professional, so everything you heard here you can take to the bank and be self, self-assured that you got it from a good source. That's about it, kiddies. I'm going to wrap it up. Paul, we always say, and that's that at the end of the show. So I'm going to give you the honor. Say that. (laughs) That's
1: that.